right, good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are doing well, having a good morning so far. Thank you, Sebastian and the team. Thank you for leading us with those worship songs. Great selection. Good to be together this morning, for sure. Um, you guys look good out there. Thank you. Nice looking good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, my my wife. Uh, yeah, she likes it short like this. So uh, she said it was time, and so said so it was time. We had a coupon, so just everything lined up well. So yes, we're very very good. Um, we're continuing our study on the life of David. As you can see from the slide, we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 17 today. This is the classic account of David and Goliath, 1 Samuel 17. Um, we're going to be covering a lot of verses this morning, and there's a, it's a pretty long chapter, 1 Samuel 17, 58 verses. And so just want to warn you, I won't be able to chase every Bible study note out there, and there will be plenty left to study, but, you know, like kind of all our preaching here, you hope it's a springboard to your own personal study. So as we're looking at 1 Samuel and the life of David here at Bethany, you know, may we be faithful in going home and reading the text and studying more. And so, so just in light of that, I just thought I'd throw up a few study materials. Here's some of my favorite commentaries that I enjoy. Um, if you just are unfamiliar with commentaries, I love the New American Commentary Series, very a, a technical series of commentaries. Um, Christ-Centered Exposition is kind of a newer um, commentary series, been out the last, oh, five, ten years, but I've read through a few of these and just really enjoyed them. Um, kind of a preacher's commentary. And then a couple of the, you might say, more brief commentaries, kind of one volume or two volume, Bible knowledge commentary. It's found a good resource. And of course, our old buddy, William McDonald, and the Believer's Bible Commentary. So, so yes, sir, just a few resources there if you uh if you want to know about resources so for further study um this morning the title of my message would be David and Goliath courage and dependence David and Goliath courage and dependence and as i mentioned we will be in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and so uh, before we begin, why don't we start with the word of prayer, and then we'll jump into our study. So here we go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's ask the Lord for his help. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the morning we've had thus far. Um, a great time around the Lord's Supper, remembering what Christ has done for us, worshiping him. We've had good fellowship We've um, sang some good songs of truth about what Christ has done, what we have in you, God. And I do pray now, as we come with Bibles open, um, seeking to learn from the life of David, seeking to learn from your word 
this morning, God. Um, As Sebastian just prayed a couple minutes ago, I pray that you would bring conviction, um, bring encouragement, um, bring worship to you, God. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be working among us, penetrating our hearts. God, I do... I pray that I would just not give a well-crafted, slick message, but I pray that it's one where you work, Lord, where you work in my heart to bring conviction in my heart. Um, And I pray that for all of us, too, that we would have open hearts and your Holy Spirit would be working among us. And so we do uh, acknowledge our dependence on you this morning, and um, we do pray these things in the name of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I know this last year, 2022, I was really encouraged by our old buddy Adam Wilson here at at Bethany. Um, You guys know Adam. He grew up here going to church, came through the Sunday school youth group, uh, Dave and Karen, his, his parents, and... He was studying here at UNI and involved in the Ignite group. But the Lord was leading him to go to Bible school. Um, Adam, he was growing in the Lord. He wanted to go deeper um, in the Word, go deep, um, learn the original languages of Scripture. And so I'm sure he prayed about it, and the Lord led him to go to seminary in California. And a seminary is you know, a Bible school on a master's degree level. And I was really encouraged by Adam doing this. It was just it was an example um, just for me. Um, I, just, I think it took a lot of courage for him to make that decision. And so that's what I was encouraged by. I was encouraged by his courage you know, to move out to California, go to Bible school. I mean, you know, what if he flunks, you know, or he gets homesick or runs out of money? Um, what if it's just he doesn't make any friends? I, I, you know, I, it's, there's, it seems risky, but it took courage. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you, too. I went to seminary, and I was, just, I was thinking of Adam, you know, a young single guy, just seminary is not the place to go if you want to meet a girl. Like just, just the percentage is really low. Um, you know, maybe like in the counseling department, but just it's just you know, it's, it's some risk. Now, so <laughs> now if you're a girl and you want to meet a guy, then maybe seminary. So I'm sorry, this is <laughs> this just got off track quickly. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna sit. That, no, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, sorry, but nevertheless, it took a lot of courage, um, and I was encouraged by by Adam making this this step. You know, um, there was risk, and so I just think of that in light of our message this morning, First Samuel chapter seventeen. You know, courage and dependence, and just courage is definitely one of the themes want to look at here as we, as we dive into this text, 1 Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath. So let's just work through it. We got a lot of verses this morning. So um, here we go. First three verses. 
1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and they were gathered at Sukkoth, which belongs to Judah. They were encamped between Sukkoth and Azekah in Ephes Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elam. And they drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And a valley was between them. So you get the picture, Israel and the Philistines, a battle is happening, a battle is about to take place. Two mountains and a valley between them. I put in a map here. I don't know how well you can see that, but uh, nevertheless, you can see Sukkoth right there, just kind of approximately about where it took place. You can see Bethlehem over here, Jerusalem, so kind of get you a, a little bit of a visual idea. And so maybe, maybe some of the folks going to Israel here next month can bring us uh, back a picture of this area, so... So yeah, so you guys will have to check it out. But nevertheless, just a kind of a visual about where it took place. Um, let's look at verse 4, okay? And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. He had a staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. So mighty giant decked out in armor. He looks ferocious. Verse 9. Oh, let's see, verse 8. Then he stood and cried out, this is verse 8, then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not, not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed, greatly afraid. So you get the scene. I know you guys know the scene. Goliath, he comes forward with his armor bearer, puts out a challenge. Give me a man to fight one-on-one. If you win, we become your servants. If If you win, we become your servants. If I win, you become our servants. And a challenge is put forth. A Goliath, he is, you know, called the giant. He is a giant. Um, some Hebrew manuscripts have them nine feet. There are others that have seen some textual variants that have them six foot nine. But either way, he is a giant, okay? He is a large man, no matter what 
uh, textual variant you take. Okay, he is intimidating. He looks tough. He has heavy armor, heavy weapons. And he says he defies the armies of Israel. Let's look at verse 10 again. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Um, This idea of defying, it's, it's more than an it's, it's like a deeper insult than I think what first hits us. Um, yes, it's, an, it's on a surface, it's an insult. But he's saying, I reject your nation and I reject your God too. I do not fear Jehovah or Yahweh of the Israelites. You mean nothing to me. Okay? I defy you and all you stand for. Okay? It is a deep-rooted insult. Well, skipping ahead a little bit, we then see the character of David. We've already been introduced to him in Scripture. We know that he is anointed. He is prophesied to be the future rightful king. And you remember David is a shepherd. David's a shepherd. His three oldest brothers are out to war here. And David's father... He asked, him, he asked David to bring them some bread and cheeses to the battle. So, and let's jump down to verse 17, okay? Verse 17. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephod of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to the brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands And see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now Saul, this is verse 19, Now Saul and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. So David arose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper. And he took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight, and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hands of the keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. So you get the narrative. David, he delivers the bread and cheeses, and he goes and checks on his brothers. He meets with them, and he chats with them, and then Goliath appears. So... Verse 25, verse 23, 23, here we go. Then he, as he talked with them, so as David's talking with them, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. He spoke, and as he, and he spoke according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. I think if I was at Bible camp teaching this, I'd have a young man in the audience like scream out in fear or something as it, but we will spare you this morning. So So the men of Israel, they are fearful. They cry out dreadfully. They're afraid. Verse 25, so all the men of Israel said, 
Have you seen this man has come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. Will give him his daughter, give him his father's house. And look at this, exemption from taxes in Israel. And so it is a, a very good reward you receive for defeating the giant. Now, Israel, we read, we saw that the men of Israel, they're running away fearful, afraid. But David, he hears this and he is not fearful. He is struck with courage. Okay? David, as a man of courage, he starts asking, what should we do? What's going to be done against Goliath? Okay, David, his brothers get upset with him. They get upset seeing David's courage. And they, I think, you know, it brings out their fear. Uh, They actually tell him, who's watching your sheep? Shouldn't you be back with the sheep? You know, why are you here? You know, don't you just come out to make us feel bad? Who's watching your sheep? Okay, but nevertheless, David, he wants something to be done. He sees this as a call of action. Who's going to fight him? Who's, who's going in there? Let's go, guys. Now, eventually, David's words are brought to Saul. And let's read verse 31, okay? Verse 31. Now, in the words which David, had, which David spoke, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Verse 33, Saul said to David, You're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. <laughs> Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, verse 35, I went out and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Once again, David, a man of courage. You can see his courage on display. You could see him doing what needs to be done. Goliath says, Give me a man. David said, I can be that man. I will rise up. Especially if no one else is rising up, I will rise up. Now, I think, you know, as Christians, when we read this passage, this is definitely something we can take away from this. 
um, we can be encouraged by David's uh, courage. And last year, I read um, through the book, well, actually, there's a picture of Goliath, and so just if you need a visual uh, description, there he is. Um, I read through the book, Mere Christianity. I try to read through it every um, few years, just kind of a Christian classic. Um, But this year, I'm sorry, it was 2022. So last year when I read it, um, what stood out to me um, in Lewis's writing here, the first few chapters, he's making a case for the existence of God using the moral or anthropological argument, the classical argument for God's existence. And as I read through it this time, I notice how he brings out the idea of courage. Courage as a springboard for the moral argument for God's existence. How courage points us to something greater. And so I've, um, I've taught that argument before, that classical argument for God's existence, but I've never done it through the prism um, of courage. And I thought there was really something, um, just when I read through the book again last year, seeing the value of courage and just the, um, the, the characteristic of courage and how it does stem from God's existence. And so something to check out for further study. Um, but courage, we need this in the Christian life. Um, God is calling us to take steps of courage. Um, I think, you know, God is a heavenly father. He wants us to grow. You know, just like we want our, cur- our kids to grow and take on characteristics to face this life, God is like that for us. Um, I think of the illustration of a personal trainer. You know, a, pr- a good personal trainer will push you, you know, won't say, oh, yeah, you're good enough. No, they want you to get better. And that's why you go to them, to get better. God, he's calling us toward this, to take steps of courage. And I'll just throw it out there. What is God calling you to step out to encourage? You know, maybe there's a ministry God is calling you to. Maybe, you know, he wants you to step into Sunday school teaching or um, ignite group, help out. And you say, Lord, that's crazy. I I can't do that. I'm 85 years old or something. I don't know what your excuse is. <laughs> like, I'm too young. I'm too old. I, but if, if, you know, through your prayer life, through encouragement of others, through seeing your natural skills and ability, if God is calling you to do something, step out in courage. You know, I think it, it might be something simple, like maybe God's just calling you to share in the Lord's Supper, you know, just to share a song. You know, something that um, seems fearful. I know some people say, I've heard this, that public speaking is the number one fear out there. Like above spiders or death, like public speaking. And so I can can see how that would be a step of courage for many. Um, Maybe God is, you know, calling you to a ministry. I think maybe a different angle, maybe God's calling you to step away from a ministry. You know, that takes courage at times. When God says, hey, You've done well. It's time to step away. You might say, but no, but my, my identity, you know, there's a sense of like our, our, our identities get wrapped up in ministry. And God said, no, I want you to step away. But what about the ministry? What if it fails? God said, no, 
You step away. You know, it takes courage. Um, I think about just life. Maybe God's calling you to make a life choice of courage. Maybe it's to cut back on work, cut back on the job. You know, maybe there's a fear, I'm going to make less money. Or there'll be loss of opportunity. What if the business doesn't grow? What if my portfolio doesn't grow? Um, Maybe it's a life change. God's maybe calling you to move to a foreign land, be a missionary. Leave the familiarities of Waterloo Cedar Falls. Maybe God's calling you. Maybe something moved to Chicago or move out of Chicago, maybe. Who knows? You know, God is calling you to make a, a step. Um, I think about our young men. Um, I, just, I mentioned I went to seminary. Our pre- president of our seminary, he would encourage the young men, be men. Some of you guys are not proposing out of fear, like proposing to your, your girlfriend. Like, it's time. Y'all been together five years. You know it's time. You know, you've, you've prayed about it enough. It's time. Step out in courage. Be a man. You know, become a family man. Or, you know, you think of the other angle. Maybe, um, you know, you're a young lady, and it takes courage sometimes to break up with the one that's not the right one. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't know what it is for you. But God may be calling you right now to take a step of courage, to do something hard. Um, Like I mentioned, there's so many angles here. Step into a ministry. Step out of a ministry. Um, Step away from work. Maybe it's to get a certain job. I don't know, but just I encourage you to seek that through your prayer life, through wisdom of others, through just evaluating your own gifts and talents. What is God calling you to do in courage? And then after that, persevere in it. Maybe you've made that step, and it'll get hard. It'll get hard. Ministries, you know, stretching. I stretched yesterday. Stretching is hard. You know, it it hurts a little bit. But there's a benefit there. Persevere. Okay, persevere. Um, I think of we were, um, Bob was showing the flyer for um, Allison, right? And so just, um, you know, she's going to have some tough times there. God bless her taking that step of courage, moving to the Philippines. And may she persevere in it. Um, with, my, with my kids, I, I try to put illustrations of courage in front of them, stories of courage as much as I, um, as much as I can. Um, this past, well, actually this, in December, we, um, we've read through and have listened to to the story, um, The Last Battle in the Narnia series. And I was just, if you've read that book, I love Tyrion, his courage. Um, The great ape, if you know the story, the great ape has him captured. And his life, he might be forfeited, but he hears the lies of the great ape. And in some of the strongest language in the Narnia series, he yells out that the ape's lies lead to damnation. He stands up for the current, for he stands up for truth. He stands up for the name of Aslan. And it's just, it's a powerful scene. And so I was just thinking of, you know, this is one of the most powerful things fiction, good fiction can do, motivate you for courage. Um, another book I'm reading 
currently passport to heaven. You guys know Micah Walter. We had him at the Bible conference this past September. Um, his group, Adam, or yes, Adam's Road, was here performing, and he shared his testimony. And reading this book, I just thinking, like, he lost it all coming to Christ. Um, I mean, thankfully, I guess his, his girlfriend, um, I, I'm only 120 pages in, so I'm not quite, but I imagine she comes to Christ. But like his family, his status, everything he worked for as a Mormon missionary, he loses by coming to Christ. And so I'm reading this book, and I'm, I'm struck by the courage that... Um, that he has in coming to Christ. And so, what is it for you? Okay, I know I'm, I'm going long on this point, but just I think it's a main one here in David and Goliath. What is God calling you? Step of courage. And let me take one or two more minutes, okay, on this step or this uh, point. At our youth rally last year, y'all remember Micah Tuttle? Ended the youth rally, he went off script on the last message, and he preached on 1 Samuel 17. And you remember his line, he, give me a man, that's right. So I just, uh, all right, very good, that's right. And so I just, you know, we need men of courage to rise up in the church, rise up in, the, in society. Men who do what's right, men who say, I don't care about the consequences, I am doing what is right. Okay? Strong men who lead their families lovingly, okay, doing what's right. Men of courage, rise up. Give me a man, says Goliath. May we rise up and respond. Be men of courage. Um, I think of for the last. Oh, 30 years, there's been this show on TV, this cultural phenomenon called The Simpsons, okay? And um, it's, I, I don't know if it's still going or not, but it's been on TV for a long time. Uh, the Simpsons is based on this premise of exaggerated American stereotypes. That's like the premise of the show. Like every character is a exaggerated American stereotype, um, whether it's uh, a doctor or a comic book guy, or it's all exaggerated stereotypes. And for an American father and husband, their stereotype is Homer Simpson. Okay? And I just, I, I think of that just to springboard off to be the opposite. Okay? Don't be Homer Simpson. Okay? Be men who are not lazy, who are good fathers, who are um, leading their families in honor, in courage, in strength, stepping out in courage when we need to. Be men of courage. Well, we got to keep going in the text. So here we go. Verse, uh, let's go down to verse 38. So, okay, back to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38. So, Dave, so Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his honor and tried to walk. 
for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. So you get it? Saul tries to get David to wear his armor. He says, no, thank you. And um, then we're going to come to the, the battle here. Verse 40, okay? Then he took his staff in hand, this is David, he took his staff in hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the book, from the brook. He put them in a shepherd's bag in his pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So when the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he discerned him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Okay, just quick time out. This is not a compliment here, saying David is ruddy and good-looking. This is saying, like, he looks cute, more or less. Like, David, you have a man of war, and then you got this good-looking boy across from him, okay? It's quite a contrast. All right. Let's see, I lost my place. Good-looking, verse, that's 42, verse 43. So the Philistine came to David and said, Am I a dog that you've come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. Then David said to the Philistine, okay, verse 45, this might be the key verse for the whole passage, all right? So follow me here, verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and cut off your head. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with his sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I love this, okay? David says he is not trusting on his own might, He is trusting in the name of the Lord. He is depending on him. Now, think about this. Think about David with his slingshot. Do you think he was pretty good with his slingshot? Yeah, he was pretty good. He, He might even been the best around. He might have been number one ranked for the slingshot in Israel. But even still, he says that's not what he is trusting in. Even though he had the natural talent, okay? He had a natural talent with this sling. Still, he says, I am depending on the Lord 
I think of this. This is, once again, an application for us. As we navigate this life, may we not depend on our own talents, but may we live life from a state of dependence on God. And I think, too, just being honest, like if you, if, if you have a natural talent and you can do something, still depend on the Lord, okay? Why depend on ourselves? We are followers of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. Even if we are naturally talented, why walk around depending on that? When we have the Holy Spirit, when we're led by God himself with his word, Let's live a life of dependence on him. Um, on a side note, I do think it is consistent that God does at times work through our talents and um, our skills. And so, you know, on a side note, if you do want something, want to be something, you know, take steps toward that. Like if you want to be a doctor, yeah, go study, work hard, learn medicine. Um, you want to be a preacher, learn public speaking, learn theology? Yeah, and all the way depend on God. Say, God, I'm, I'm studying, I'm learning, but through it all, no matter how talented I get, may my dependence be on you. Um, I think of the words of a Steve Green song. Any Steve Green fans out there? Anybody? A couple. Don't be ashamed. Okay, there you go. So, yes, Steve Green, old school. I love this song. Okay, the chorus. In his song, Glory to You, he says, Any strength I have, any good I do, comes from the life I have found in you. So with all I have and with all I do, I give the glory to you. Any strength I have, any good I do, comes from the life I have found in you. So with all I have and in all I do, I give the glory to you. No matter where our strengths or talents lie, may we live life in a state of dependence. Okay, Saying, God, I depend on you. Okay, may we walk through life with that mindset. For as David says, his strength does not come from sword or shield. But where does it come? It comes from the name of the Lord. It comes from the Lord. Well, our time is uh, short, so just summarizing the rest of the story. Like I say, may this be a springboard to your own study. Uh, the battle begins... David versus Goliath. A lot of you guys know the story. David, he takes a shot with his sling. The rock hits Goliath. He dies. Uh, David cuts off his head, having uh, evidence to all that he has defeated Goliath. And the Philistines run scared. David wins the battle. Okay, so like I say, definitely encourage you to check it out for further study. Um, just one last point in conclusion, okay? David and Goliath, courage and dependence. 
When I think of this theme of dependence, okay, and I mentioned we want to live life as Christians with this theme of dependence, okay, we want to live in dependence to God, deep depending on Him, depending on God. I think of the ultimate sense of dependence, okay, I think of the gospel, for in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we cannot save ourselves, we cannot do enough good, we cannot go to church enough, we cannot give enough money to the church to be right with God. How can you have your sins forgiven? How can you have a home in heaven? How can you have a right relationship with God? Well, it's not through us. It's not through our own strength. We have to depend on another and what he has done. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, he rose again. And the Bible says that all who trust, who place their faith on him, what he has done, not what I have done, but what he has done, can be saved, have their sins forgiven, have a right relationship with God. The Bible says being saved, we do not depend on ourselves. We depend on the Lord Jesus, what he has done. I just want to encourage you, if you have any questions about this message or particularly the last point about salvation, depending on the Lord to be saved. There's a lot of good people here in this church, church leaders. I'd love to chat with you about it, and I'd love to chat with you about it too. May we live this life in dependence on the Lord and in an ultimate sense, depend on him. God, he saves us from our sins through Christ. May we depend on him. Let's look to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, this, um, this account of David and Goliath, um, I know many of us have heard it, you know, growing up in Sunday school, it may be the most well-known Sunday school s- story Um, one of the top five for sure. But God, I pray that as we looked at it today and maybe um, others will read it further, I pray that you would convict us, you would hit us with this story in a fresh way, God. Um, I pray that we'd be encouraged by David's courage. And if you are calling us to take a step of courage, um, give us the strength, Lord, Um, Help us to take these steps of courage into ministry, changing our life change, um, stepping away for something. I don't know what it is, God, but uh, may we be people of courage. Uh, May we be men of courage, um, as particularly highlighted the men here. And God, may we live in a state of dependence. As we go through this life, May we not say, I am depending on my own strength. I am depending on my own sword and shield. I am depending on my own talents, but I am depending on the name of the Lord. Help us to live in that light day to day. And God, I pray that if there is someone here that is trusting in their own good works, trusting in their own things that they have done, I pray that they would release that today. Look to Christ and say, I depend on what he has done to be saved. 
Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. That's what I'm depending on to be saved. I pray that if there be someone here that has never done that, I pray that today would be the day. Give them the courage. Give them the courage to talk to myself, talk to a church leader here, and, um, and take that step of faith. So thank you for this morning we've had, God. Thank you for this opportunity to open your word. We do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.